Hello and welcome to a very long overdue episode of Design Truth. Just got back from the uh, the meetup in Manchester and thought, why not upload another episode of the pod? If you are new around here, my name's Brad, uh, a recruiter that knows probably, I don't know, two sentences that makes it sound like I know a thing or two about industrial design. I'll let the, uh, the guests introduce themselves, but we're here to really just talk about our first kind of Design Truth community visit to a school in Wembley why we kind of did it and what it could mean hopefully for the future of industrial design education in the UK if if you all get involved um hopefully the rebrand for design truth is just around the corner one designer did tell me the other day that it looks sick so I'm presuming that's a compliment and uh if you're at our London meetup which at the time of recording is next week it'd be great to see you really looking forward to 170 tickets gone sold out so uh yeah should be a good one and i'll uh, see you on the other side thanks for joining us guys on this um design truth episode i don't know what number it is you just said 40 now for it so this yeah. could be 41 to be honest i it's can't 41. even remember 41 yeah nice nice note taking <laughs> um it's been a while win isn't it it's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. You're looking in much better shape than uh, when uh, we did the last recording, and I probably put a stone on. So, you know, it's <laughs> that's that's what's been going on in our lives. But um, it's a bit of a different one today, and we've got not one guest, but three. So you're going to hear three different voices or see three different people on your screens if you're watching the video of this. Um, and it's because we've done something a bit different, and we've gone to a we've gone to a school, and we want to talk about kind of what that means um and uh win will step in and give you a more polished overview of that but we just want to kind of update everyone on design truth what we've been up to for the last couple of months and um yeah it's really exciting this kind of evolution win of like what we've been talking about now for what feels like an eternity yeah i think you know it's it's started probably in those first few episodes about how everyone wins about design education how it should improve and i think the statistics that have come out of um, Tony Ryan and Design Technology Association about um, the decline of GCSE enrolments, A-level enrolments, um, is, is massively concerning. And, you know, whether or not we wait for the powers that be to do something, whoever those powers that be, who, who, who are they, I don't know, to do something, it's like, well, actually, let's do this from a ground-up perspective. Um, mm. I think Design Truth is really well-placed for doing that. I think at the Bristol Design Truth event, um, you could tell just from the chats we were having there is there was a big push for um, for people to get together and do something about it. Um, um, yeah, and I guess if you don't mind, but I'll just give you a bit of a kind of how we got to where we got to in terms of getting to the school, um, uh, the school visit, which was um, a couple of weeks back. Um, so... Should we introduce yeah. our three guests first? Oh, what do you reckon? Let's do that. Let's do so that. the first bit of editing's already happened there, and you didn't even <laughs> even notice that, and that's that's how it will flow for the next forty five minutes or so. But um, we've got three guests, so let's introduce them or let them introduce themselves to the to the masses. If we start, let's start with with Hitton. He's still at work at, at ten past six. So start with you, shall we? Um, hi, I'm Hitton. I'm design lead at a company called Entia. I used to work with Win. Um, and so, yeah, I cover everything from kind of product to digital and we've gone through a bit of change here, but yeah, working on medical devices. And do you need anyone for your fiber side still? 
Yes, always recruiting for the fan side team. So if anybody fancies the game, give you a message. <laughs> Got that one out of the way. <laughs> Callum, over to you. Hi, I'm Callum. I'm a design graduate, currently doing a sort of internship initiative at New Territory, which is a small design studio in Islington. Uh, in the final stages of that, um, and I met uh, Wynne and Brad um, sort of after New Designers at the Camden Head, I believe it was. Nice, good um, Yeah, and yeah, I just started talking um, about this whole going back to school, inspiring kids with the gospel of industrial design. Navpreet, over to you. Um, I'm Navpreet. I'm a freelance design engineer, FDD. S no FDD Studio. The S is part of it. I'm working at like um, a, a sort of yeah a studio where people like you know uh, hire out the the desks and um, it's like multi sort of disciplinary. So Tom just walked in. He he's he makes guitars, pretty awesome guitars. And then you've got like um, uh, someone that like uh, a physician and a mathematician. So yeah, it's a cool place here. Lovely to. Few few guys to be here, really. So I've, I've spoken to a few of you individually, so it's nice for you to all kind of be in one be in one space, I guess. Um, I thought it'd be really good to start with just kind of understanding a little bit more about why. It could be a classic kind of silent cynic of like, what was kind of your motivation for getting involved? And that, that moved nicely over to, to win, giving a bit of context to to what we actually did at, at Northview School over in Wembley. So what was the kind of the motivation, I guess, for for, for joining us on this bit of a weird and wacky journey to a school in Wembley? Um, yeah, so I think basically it just comes down to um, inspiring kids um, with, with design and what the sort of career paths design can lead to and also what design is in itself um which is in my opinion and i think a lot of people's views would be problem solving um and just getting it known um really because i think it's quite a niche sort of industry i think whenever anyone asks what you do and you say industrial designer they generally have no idea what that is it's um, a great way to end the conversation that's for sure Colin. <laughs> i think um yeah so i think getting it out there so these people know what it is um and from a young age maybe increase their interest and so people do go into it uh and also to help really diversify design as well because it is very um homogenous at the moment Uh, i think 95 percent now yeah did you have anything when you was at school can you remember people going into your primary school or secondary school or um no, not for design. I think most that people came in to do was like anti-bullying stuff. But nice. Nothing to do with industrial design. Fair enough. Well, we can change that, can't we? For the for the for this next generation coming through. Hit and Navpreet, what 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 are your kind of experiences like at when you were at school? I guess school school was like good. I'd, I'd say I went to like an old technology college. I think they've become academies now, but they they were quite driven in terms of design and technology, but you were never quite taught that there was like a pathway you could follow until somebody engaged with that. So I think it very much depended, was dependent on who was teaching you. And I, I think 
but it was only when I got yeah. to, to like 15, 16 and, and somebody went, oh, there's this thing you could do that kind of combines uh, art and some of the, the like more making things you like and the math thing, uh, maybe some of the math subjects, depending on what, what you kind of want to do. And this, this is a career path. Um, so like, yeah, I was, I think I was quite lucky in terms of the facilities we had. I think it's quite interesting to, that you need to team that with the right people to get you there. Um, so I think like teaching is also quite important in, in that kind of concept of like getting people into industrial design. Yeah. Um, I guess to your question before of why I wanted to do it, it was because I think thinking way back when I had someone that kind of inspired me to go on that journey and being able to do that with someone else is, is probably quite inspirational. Um, and also, I guess, yeah, the diversity thing is like, you, I've been probably knocking on the industry for like seven or eight years now. And it's not often you meet people that are, I guess, different in, 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 uh, as you, as you go around. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's one of those things isn't it, where we can kind of cheer from the sidelines and go, this is a problem. Or we can actually roll our sleeves up and try and do something about it. And I think that's kind of where we're at, where I feel like as an industry, we've been cheering on the sidelines for a bit too long. And now it's actually time that we do something. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's really great that all three, three of you took the took the time to to do this. What about yourself now, Preet, as well? What were your kind of experiences like at school? Um, at school, I did electronics for GCSE. I was one of two girls in the class. Um my teacher loved me uh, like it, it was awesome uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've got younger siblings three, three younger siblings and every parent's evening he'd always like show off my work um, and then like going into sixth form I failed my first year but I did I, I didn't fail DT though so DT was my best subject um, and then like I after you know going into year 12 again year 13 again I'd spend you know lunch times would turn in in the workshop hanging out with the teachers then seeing what they've done um and it was cool like yeah yeah like just the teachers yeah. were pretty was, awesome. was 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 dt one of the main mechanisms i suppose for you establishing it as a career and just was dt that thing that made you go there's this thing called industrial design like was it was you interested in dt at an early age is what i'm trying to say um at an early age i didn't really know what i wanted to do um after well during GCSEs I did I went to a careers fair and I saw like chemical engineering I was like oh that's really great that's cool I didn't know what product design was or like you know industrial design was um and then only when like looking into like universities and courses I, I found like DNT and chemical engineering didn't know which one to pick and I remember talking to like one of my um six form advisors and he was like what do you want to do with DT I was like yeah I want to upcycle stuff and I want to make some stuff and um it was through that like he he yeah he was quite supportive through that but otherwise yeah um it was all always just something to do with engineering and design really yeah I, I wasn't really aware of like industrial design and product design for a long time yeah same for you two guys as well was it or um I think I think in school, through, through GCSE, um, I was quite fortunate to have uh, a pretty good teacher. Shout out to Mr. Ackers, um, who was a Loughborough graduate as well. Um, and he was a designer, more so in the kind of furniture and like lighting design. Um, 
but he was great really like encouraged us um to sort of get into design and then in sixth form he was also my teacher and he even like took us to sort of design studios um but again it was more in the sense of furniture and lighting sort of design so i didn't really know how broad industrial design was and i wouldn't really say problem solving was sort of what we were kind of taught it was more so like just making kind of really nicely crafted like chairs and stuff like that um and then but then as with napri going to like these fairs and like uh seeing what these universities had to offer and then going into university that's when i sort of discovered how yeah how broad industrial design is and like the many different sort of industries um that are within that not just mm. chairs but also like consumer electronics uh medical devices uh even like ux ui you know is really kind of important now um to yeah. know as an industrial designer yeah so the, the theme there seems to be around teaching so like you were fortunate enough to be in an environment where you had a teacher that was yeah maybe that way inclined or had a passion for it themselves and so that kind of went down to the students whereas um, maybe you experienced at Northview that isn't necessarily the case yeah. in every school up and down <laughs> up and down the country right yeah that's been kind of the overriding um tale from every design I think we maybe spoke to on this podcast or people we've met at the events is that when you kind of trail back to how you got into design and how you knew about it the teacher is probably that that main person who's who's opened your eyes to product design industrial design the world of design in general um and i think that then you know when you do look at the, if there is a limiting um enthusiasm and motivation of teachers because those numbers of teachers have declined in half over the last 10 years then you know we need to help those students find out about design. Um, and I think that's hopefully where maybe we can help. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Northview School then, when you've, you've, you guys rocked yeah, so, up there. So, so the, Paint the picture for us. Yeah. So, so the connection there, um, Design Technology Association, Tony Ryan, who was on the previous podcast, if we've got our numbers right. <laughs> um, um now freak can you now freak can you confirm that you were looking at your notes earlier can yes you i can confirm that was episode 40 <laughs> when 41 right now nice one. <laughs> um and um the design technology association know that you know design truth are committed to try and do something but it's like how do we do this and and when we said to them you know we'd, well, we'd love to encourage every designer to go into into schools and to do something that will hopefully um, make people just provide a bit of awareness and uh, we can't convince people to be industrial designers but give awareness and and from that then uh, they said well listen would you be interested in uh, in meeting up with this school uh, Northview Primary School in Wembley um, and they say they have an, like an after uh, school or summer kind of kids club um, which is um, run by a couple of staff and some volunteers um, and it's in a, I guess you would classically call it low socioeconomic. Um, uh, they use a stronger word, which I don't particularly like saying deprived on their website, which I don't really don't like as a word. Um, but essentially, it was an opportunity for us to go to a, a kids' uh, summer club, uh, which they're all playing basketball and they were playing, having water fights outside and all sorts of things. And to essentially just try and, I guess, blend a bit of learning in with the play that they were having during those, those, those summer, uh, summer days. So, um, um, 
yeah, it just gave us an opportunity to go there. So we we got in touch, made some connections, and uh, um, arranged for us to go. Um, and um, yeah, I think of all, of all the kids, you know, there was a high, high, very high proportion of of, of non-white people. So we can put that perspective. It was uh, from what we know the percentages are in the industry from a, a white male perspective. It was kind of going great. Maybe we can, you know, show some. Um, awareness to people who maybe aren't aware of, of of what the design is what we didn't want is one white guy going into a class full of non-white kids and it be, and that's what it's looking like i think it's important for us to show diversity show career paths from a range of people from different backgrounds who um who aren't the classic industrial designer if you were to google them uh, from that point of view so um I think from that perspective, um yeah, it was uh, it was good for the students to, to meet us. Yeah, and to see to see that it it, it can be possible, I suppose. I think we talk about this at our Bristol event, you know, if you're you know, it's the same for I don't know, if you're a a, a young kid living in a council estate in Blackpool and you must kind of look at industrial design and go this isn't for me. I'm not welcome here. I'm not, I'm not, this, this is not an environment where I'm going to have a career, make a living. It's just not something that's for, for me, or well, that's the perception anyway, at least. And I think we as an industry have let that go on for a bit too long. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, just at, at the, the three of you here, what was your kind of going into it? What was you kind of expecting? I suppose what was it? I, I don't, I doubt you teach, very often. So, like, what, what would you think? What were your thoughts, kind of going into it, and like, what did you expect? Um, d- just to touch on like what Wim was saying before, though, like I think representation is super important. Yeah, yeah. Um, to to know that what you're able to do and what's not restricted. Um, but in regards to like teaching and history of teaching, um, I've actually been a swim teacher for three years, I think. Yeah, and um, I've like led um, STEM to STEM. STEM, STEM to STEAM workshops so it's about like um, making children more aware and and connected with their local environments and ecosystems um, to to sort of raise you know the next generation of like activists and people that like children that care about the environment um, and Callum help me help me out with that going into it because we were doing design design just fun you know problem solving um, looking like just sketching looking at people's needs so i was i was quite excited if i'm being honest yeah what what, what were your thoughts on going do you think oh, the student or the the kids are going to be up for this they're going to think this is boring you know what do you think they were going to be invested in it or just be a bit of a nuisance just trying to think of some of the kids i went to school with and i mean, they probably would have prattled around a little bit to be honest with you but what, what were your kind of thoughts of that do you think they were going to be kind of invested in it or just kind of be, oh god who are these people when are they going to leave I, weirdly enough, I didn't, I don't think I actually thought about that. Yeah. I just thought we're here to do a job and like, just, you know, just show them what design is and whether they mm. like it or not, like it's however they interpret it. Mm. Yeah. It's a nice answer that. Yeah. That's a really nice, nice, nice answer. Hitton, what about you? Um, yeah. Having not been in a school since I probably left school, I forgot what schools were like, <laughs> like the kids were quite, quite boisterous they could see their friends playing out outside and I I forgot how 
how shouty some of them can be, how loud they could be, how they don't really care about design in some sense as well. Like I think having been in a community of designers for since I probably started university, all my friends are designers, you forget how that becomes important to you. But um, when you're in front of a, a class full of kids, they probably think you have some kind of mug trying to teach you something when they're in their school holidays. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose, um, suppose if you were consistently to do that, though, then that relationship would start to form. It's like a bit of an anomaly, isn't it? Like one lesson out of the blue. But if that was yeah. ingrained in their early education throughout at different touch points, maybe that attitude would change a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, and I think I think you just learn things by just being in the room with them. And mm. I forget that you need to engage with people at that age with something that they understand. And we initially went in with a lot of kind of slides and stuff about stuff and they didn't, and it, it, it quickly dawned on me. It was like, we need to get through this a little bit quicker because they're getting bored very quickly. <laughs> and we need to engage with something that they can relate to. So I think when brought up a, an Xbox controller when he was talking about something, this one kid that I hadn't listened the whole time we were there, it was just like, that's an Xbox controller. I know how that works. This is where the microcontroller is. This is accelerometer, for example. And I was just like, wow. It's like, when you catch him, it's, it's, it's like, it's really interesting. It was, it was, it, that was really interesting because he was, I remember he said it was the Xbox, no, PlayStation 5 controller. We just put an image up on the screen and, and said, how was this different from before? And he clearly knew what those product features. So, yes, they're consumers, but they were very, you know, acute with, oh, it does this different from this, you know, there's, um, you know, the grip's different. And then um, we kind of got a lot of their attention, um, which was actually quite beautiful to see, to be honest with you. It was quite touching that uh, I put an image of, you can look at it on the, um, uh, no, it was an Xbox, but it wasn't a PlayStation, it was an Xbox. Uh, Xbox have created... You're, show, showing, um, you're showing your age here, when you really are. No, <laughs> Commodore. Um, they have a, an accessible, uh, kind of configurable joystick, um, which is basically, you can have buttons of different size, a joystick. Um, you can basically create your own joy, joystick controller for the Xbox for people with, with different disabilities, so you can configure it to yourself and your physical abilities. Um as soon as we showed, we put that up on the screen, I could just tell that everyone else understood that there was like this is kind of empathy throughout all the kids. And mm-hmm. I think there was maybe 15 kids in the class. Uh, and you could tell that they were kind of going, oh, God, yeah. What about those people that those extreme users, those people that we tend to forget a lot of the time in design? Um, who cares about them and who thinks about them? And I think that really brought it home and... Um, you know, we can talk about the exercise a little bit later on we did with them, but you could just tell immediately that there was, you know, the kids cared, uh, the kids, which I think is a really important thing in design, um, caring about people. And then they obviously were very clued up about product features, just like like Hitton was saying, and the various technologies. How important is that relatability, right, in terms of, yeah, to anyone that's maybe listening to this and go, oh, I, want, I want to get back in touch with my school or there's a you know, group of you in the studio having a chat now going, should we go back into our schools? How important is the fact that you talk about things that are relatable to people of that age, right, to keep that that interest there? And is that part of sometimes the problem with industrial design is that you Google it and the images you get, I don't know, fancy bits of furniture or lighting i'm thinking oh, i did not care about that stuff when i was 12 years of age is that part of thinking as well going forward is it needs to be fresh it needs to be relevant to the time um, 
definitely you, you need to stop showing people Philippe Stark's juicer as like a, a, an example of industrial design and like engage with people in something they understand and can have in their lives and relate to. Yeah, I think um, just showing the kids stuff that they just know and they've used, like for example, the I think it was. I'm going to keep going back and forth on what it was. I'm pretty sure it, 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 there was a PS5 controller, and the kid the kid knew all of like the special features of it, like the the new like rumble and like tactile feedback that they've put into it. Um, and then there was the Xbox accessible controller as well, um, which we used to show the sort of like yeah, like how what if someone that hasn't got such you know great dexterity, how how could they use use this? Uh, and I think yeah, I think. I think showing the kids stuff that they use maybe even on like a daily basis, like a PlayStation controller mm. um, or like an iPhone or something like that. Um, that's the best way to sort of engage them because they can relate to that. Uh, and they also feel that maybe they could potentially have designed something like that. Cause I'm sure when they, when they use it, um, they might think how could this be better um, which i think is a, a really great mindset uh for any designer to have is really just like why is this designed the way it is yeah and, um, and you've got uh, uh, all of you have you got any other examples of of what good looks like in that sense with other air jordans for example what what are the what are the things i'm showing my age what are the things that's going to get a, a 12 13 year old excited um are there any other products not just gaming controllers right there must be other things that are going to get people um, interested so um i helped out with smash fest they tried to like get children involved with like steam subjects science technology engineering arts maths um and we were doing we were part of the let's breathe together um event at the horniman museum and we were doing like a wildfire like event well um workshops where we we got the children to do some acting and imagine what would happen if there was a wildfire in the local area. And through that, it was really interesting because there's different ways of sort of interpreting and understanding how things could happen. And then through that, we were like, okay, how could we prevent it from happening? And how could, like, if there was a wildfire, how could we, like, contain it? And the children were like, oh, we could maybe have water coming out of lampposts. And, and um, like, they were coming up with really interesting ideas. And I think making it relatable, so not just products itself, like, actual problems that problems, we're going to be yeah. facing in in the world coming forward my dad always says you know hard times are coming um <laughs> so like you know the environment sustainability um sweatshop labor stuff like that things that actually where people are suffering and will be suffering try to get them caring and, and passionate about those kind of things yeah watch the beautiful um advert i think it was samsung win i think i tagged you in it and it was basically just they went to like five-year-olds and said, I don't know, climate's on its arse, can you help us, basically? And there were just kind of these wonderful kind of solutions, a bit wacky, and you kind of think that just gets knocked out of them as they get older, right? That kind of creativity, yeah. imagination. I suppose it's a little bit trying to protect that a little bit as well, instead of like, as you say, like problems, wildfires, ever. but how do we protect that kind of a child just being a bit creative? And, it, mm-hmm. and just imagining things and it doesn't matter if it's not a very good idea but them to be actually be able to express it I, I doubt they get that in other subjects they probably must just mm. almost get knocked out of them I guess when I don't know what you think of that 
Yeah, yeah, it's I think it's I think we all know it, right? I mean, mm. you know, everyone used to love drawing and sketching and painting and all sorts of things when about three, four years old. And then as soon as you get to about eight, nine, there's like unless you can paint, you know, a photorealistic yeah. draw screen in a photorealistic <laughs> way, then therefore it's a bad drawing. And then people just feel that they can't draw. And then that's just that immediate sign of just, you know, stop stop being creative or unless you're doing things accurately, then it's, you know, it's, but there's a, yeah, I think that whole, that we all know that's the fact. And I think there needs to be a means to, to, to people, not necessarily about the visualization of it, but actually just being imaginative, you know, and, you know, I think, I think on that post, you tagged me in, <laughs> that, well, we have a, we have a subject called history, which we're forever looking backwards. Why is there no subject called futures? where you just look forwards, right? Mm. And imagine all those kids who, with all that imagination, you could put in efforts into a subject called futures. And it could be a personal future, your community future, the global future. You can, projects can be different things, but like, it just it's po- sometimes it's, it's very it's obvious. Po- to it's positive, right? It's a positive yeah. history. Sometimes <laughs> can feel a bit negative, right? I think about yeah. our history and some of the bad things that we've done and it's oof, futures is a positive thing. There's very few positive subjects. There's very few positive things actually going on in the world is, is anyone actually going to have a bit of a, a, a glass half full rather than a glass half empty thing uh, all the time but yeah wait, tell us a little bit about the exercise that you can what yeah, was the, so i think we, uh, like hitton said with um you know even though i've been lecturing i forgot that you know university students and kids that are 10 years old are a whole different kettle of fish so um um we removed some slides, which we're going to basically talk about our background. We removed that. Um, and I can tell some fidgety kids. You know, I hope kids are fidgety. It's a good sign, right? And um, and then we just went straight in there with a, an exercise. So we'd, um, we'd kind of knocked it up that morning, which was that um, I was going to pretend to be um, an elderly man with arthritis um, and potentially some visual impairments. Um, Did you play the role well? Did he play the role well? Did he do a good job? No, they're a reality now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played it. I told them I was forty-one, so people were quite shocked. But um, yeah. um, and I think what we did is, I think we did it on the train. We sent it between ourselves, which is basically a um, let's just come up with it, a user journey with some moments in the user journey that um, that there may be some problems there. And basically, we, we split the session in classic kind of double diamond, if you want to put it that way, of um i'll talk about my day um you the the teams were in groups of three of which callum navpreet and hitton took groups of five or six kids each um and then essentially kind of note take and basically just took down some opportunities and i tried to add some emotion into some of the problems that i had like um um uh buttoning my shirt um uh the other ones, but yeah, brushing my teeth, um, getting money out of my wallet, um, uh, holding my stick to go to the shop, um, doing my crossword. Um, there was lots of little things like that. Um, and then the idea then was between the teams, um, was to, to pick out some particularly notable problems, ones they thought they were most high priority problems that maybe we're going to help my life in the better, better ways. And and the kids were, were, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I thought they were quite engaged in that in terms of, you know, really wanting to to help me because I think they had that, that empathic slide of the 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 kid with uh, the, uh, the the disabled kid with the um 
with the Xbox controller, uh, they kind of felt, all right, we'd like to help this elderly man in his 40s. Um, and, um, so from that perspective, then um, the groups then defined their briefs. They picked out their problem. Um, and then they thought some some ideas. But yeah, maybe I don't know, maybe... Um, I think there was one particular little superstar that um, I could tell, you know, just tell sometimes immediately that there's there's some, some potential great design talent out there. And um, yeah, Milan, I think hit, Hitton in particular on, on his table, oh, come to Calvary, but I remember Hitton, oh, I, had, I had one little superstar on on his table that, yeah, um, if you want to talk about that little girl, because she, she was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, the, she, I think she was probably the youngest out of them and probably the smallest, but she was like really engaged with the design, like design element. And she was, we, she was talking about like connecting um, her Alexa to the shower so the person could talk to, talk to the Alexa and get the shower running. And, and like she was like probably engaging at a level that was probably a lot higher than her just by communicating in a way. And she started off quite shy, shy and, and kind of looking around at what people thought. And I think as soon as she got out of her shell a bit, it was quite cool. You forget that, like, at that age, how much what the other people around you think matters as well. So, like, kind of almost wanting to fit in. And as long as they're kind of the queen bee who was at the table approved, like, this was okay, then everyone else engaged. It was really interesting. But she was only eight years old. I found out later. Um, Yeah, she was eight, eight years old. And she was absolutely brilliant. You just kind of going, well, this is... uh we need to get these kids into design studios earlier than we think. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's and hopefully that as as she continues her education, that she comes across design again at, at one point or other. Whether it is otherwise, it's not all in vain. But it's all like you you kind of. I mean, f- my idea of what success looks like here is just one kid we're at new designers in 15 years time having a pint and one kid comes up to us and goes oh you was that person that went to school went to our school 10 years ago that that for me is what success yeah. looks like is i don't know if you guys have a different view of like what I mean, what that, you want to get out of this that that is just, that's essentially like the exact same thing that i said to nafrid uh as he was leaving can you imagine in 15 years one of the kids that we kind of taught maybe inspired here today is just exhibiting their work uh at new designers and like it just yeah it just takes one for me i think as you said earlier what is your expectations going into it um and yeah i thought you know this is going to be a class of kids i probably didn't expect how um sort of energetic they were i think i think you sort of forget how much energy they have um but yeah just as as long as we can inspire one person i feel like at least yeah we've we, we've done a decent <coughs> job at, of, of this <laughs> or, or, or on the flip side inspired one designer to go into a yeah. school which therefore creates that opportunity for someone else right yeah. so even it, it doesn't necessarily need to be that direct thing of one kid in that classroom but we're almost trying to change behaviour, really, between from a you know uh, an industry trying to change mindset of that. There's hit and touch upon it, but there's like a responsibility, like a social responsibility to do something. We all kind of acknowledge that that, that our educational system is not in a great place, and there's, doesn't need to get political or anything like that. But 
there is it is underfunding teachers are leaving the profession all those kind of things and we can we can sit on the on silos and go that's a problem or we can at least try <laughs> so we can at least try and do something about it and it, it seems quite exciting that we're, that that something's happened i mean we've, we've gone to that school and who knows what will we'll spin off that but but when i don't even want to jump yeah i think um what i'm conscious obviously we've got people people listening to this podcast is i think going into a a level class of design and technology students you've kind of you're not it, it's kind of pointless preaching to the converted in my in my opinion i mm. think the people who need to to you know hopefully make a win create awareness of is those those years the seven eights nines because if you remember when you're back in school that's where you make decisions over whether or not you're going to carry on with the ENT for example and so I would encourage that those ones that you know if you're giving a presentation out to some school kids yes we did a, a workshop exercise but there's no way I would have done that on my own without uh, these these three wonderful people um it just wouldn't have worked I wouldn't be able to keep that attention but I think a, a short snappy probably 20 minutes, half an hour, take some props with you, uh, engage some kids that are year seven, eight, nine. I think that's very doable uh, with one person. Um, and But I think trying to do it to those people who just genuinely didn't even know about design, didn't even think about it, didn't think about it as a career, um, those, those are the people we need to turn their heads. Mm. And try to break away from that comfort blanket. There's a comfort blanket, isn't there, where you could go – well, I could just go to a nice school, you know, nice little private school. Actually, how you know, want to break into new ground here. I think there's enough private school educated industrial designers out there for my liking. So I think we need to kind of break out of that and go into the schools that actually need a bit of help. And that is the the schools that have just had their D&T funding cut. That's the school that's, you know, got one D&T teacher maybe that's, I don't know, my D&T teacher was like the part-time maintenance guy. You know, it, it was, he wasn't even a teacher. You know, Mr. Chiddle, Chiddle or Chiddle, whatever his name was, I can't even remember. And so it's like, try not to, I don't want people just to go into this and then go stick to that comfort blanket of what they know. And just go to their old school with a nice little, actually we should be trying to be a bit more proactive about it and go, okay, what are the schools in my local area? that will really need my time and my support or the support of the people in the company that I work for or whatever. And that's what I've tried to get across at this point is don't just stick to the comfort blanket of what you know. You know, go try and be a bit more proactive. And and also when what we've realised just from our time with the D&T Association is that not every school is going to be receptive to this. It's not going to be as straightforward as, Hi, I'm here. You know, where, where, when do I start? It's, it's going to be a bit of a slog, isn't it, for some? It's not going to be easy. Yeah, so I think, obviously, we've got great relationships maybe with their old teachers or they, mm. they know how to get into a school. Um, That's a good start, that is, that, isn't it? That, that, that is, yeah, exactly. But that is what, that is a hurdle that um, we are aware of. Um, saying that, uh, the D&T Association do have a massive register of, of, of schools. So if there was... Um, a person out there who wants to go to a school and doesn't know how to get in there, we can help you and, and connect connect uh, through Design Science Association to get into those schools. Um, and yeah, and from that, you never know what can happen. Um, so obviously, we're using this as a, uh, uh, I guess, a marketing awareness. I don't think we should put pressure on ourselves in the industry to kind of 
convince someone to do design and then track them and make sure that they become a designer. It's there's no it's KPIs here. Exercise. It's creating awareness. Um, uh, there's various schemes out there that you know if the school was really keen and for example the employer of a particular uh, designer there was really keen. Uh, Design Association have a thing called Blueprint 1000, which basically creates a, I'd say a more mid-term connection between the employer and the school um, and then you could set briefs and do really exciting things like that I guess our interest in this initial I guess wave is to kind of just get awareness out there and get people talking to kids in school yeah 100% and if you if you need more information about this kind of stuff um, maybe at this point in time we've got a fancy website who knows We've been spending a lot of time when haven't we on this new rebrand and everything. So by the time this goes live, there might be a new logo. There might not be. We don't even know, to be honest with you, um, at this moment in time. But this there's lot there'll be some information on there about um Wins put a bit of a guide together and you in terms of like things to consider and, and factor in. But one disclosure is that don't please don't see this as a a design truth thing right we don't want this to be a thing where you just have to slap our logo on everything this is more of a um whilst we'll continue to do our little workshops or whatever this is more of a this is what we think is a good idea to improve the situation and we want you to then take that on board so either you go to your employer and say you know part of any employment contract now you've got kind of volunteering days where you can volunteer to your community or whatever why can't part of that be you go back into your local school to talk a little bit about design on behalf of your employer, right? So it's not on behalf of Design Truth because I don't want to get sued. I, I need to be clear about this. I do not want to get sued. Not after that invoice has gone in for this rebrand win. As well. I, I can't afford can't afford that after uh, uh, John's rates. But there we go. Um, is there anything you guys wanted just to say? The platform's here for you. Um, anything maybe we've not covered or you just wanted to kind of add on or bolt on um now's your time i guess the other thing i kind of wanted to get out of this is to kind of explain to people that design is a legitimate career path i think mm. coming from uh an Asian background that people push you into medicine engineering accountancy um and it was almost comical for me to be going to design school and <laughs> There is a world out there, and I think uh, communicating that to not students, but the people that are kind of um, around them, influencing them as well, is going to be quite important. Parents. Yeah, um, around. Because not everyone is, needs, like, is built to be a doctor or an accountant, and then people probably have different skills that they probably haven't appreciated that well that could send them down a different pathway mm. where they would flourish. And I think this is important for things like that as well. And just just to add on that, we've got the the resources on the Design Truth website, but there's a salary guide, right? And I think a lot of backgrounds, people would see design as a, oh, you don't get paid or don't get paid very well. If that's you know a motivation of some 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 families' backgrounds, and if you kind of go, well, actually, have you seen what you can earn uh, in certain respects? Then it's you know there's no there's no harm in mentioning that because it's the truth, right? <laughs> information yeah. information's there to to be used. Um, to, to attract people if, if you know that's yeah that's, that's some, incentive. Some, sometimes i do get a little bit annoyed sometimes when um people look at industrial design and go industrial designers are underpaid or you know which is an argument for itself but actually 
people aren't kind of in industrial design and like having to sign on you know they're living a comfy life you know they're, they're living in london okay it might be a bit of a house share to begin with but there are lots of people in industrial design that do earn forty thousand a year, fifty thousand a year, sixty thousand a year. That's nothing you should screw your nose up at. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is like just because I'm not earning as much as what my friends are earning. So I think that's also part of the piece that does annoy me sometimes is that um, you, know, you can still earn a pretty decent wage considering you know, it might not be the same as your digital cousins, but in UI UX, but you can still earn a decent living in industrial design um, in this country and also globally right it's, it's not just a profession where you can um you're tied to the island of london of shoreditch you know you can there's people all over the world that do industrial design and and are from this country as well if you look at johnny ive as a good example or any kind of american design team or and there's often someone from britain that's, that's flying the flag um there so um yeah i just wanted to get that i wanted to just get that out there go on Efri. um i it's also, I think, like with my family, it was more like help someone, like do good in the world and and like having, you know, just having the sort of stigma behind it. Design's like a creative subject, an art subject. So I think just educating people what exactly it is is really important as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so even if they don't become a designer at the end of this process, at least they'll understand a bit more about yeah. design. Yeah. They might become a bit more uh, better consumers. They might be a bit more conscious mm-hmm. around certain decisions they make, products they buy. So if that DNT I'm using example is taken away at an educational level, it does it does create a bit of a void, doesn't it? Where people do need to still have. It's not all about just creating industrial designers for a design agency. It's also just about creating, hopefully, better people, <laughs> you know, better consumers. Uh, so that's also part of the remit as well. I appreciate you can't track that, but that's also part of why you probably should be going back into schools and and the kind of part you could play around that. Yeah, and I think um, D&T also, like, shows – I mean, takes some magic out of things, um, hmm. and it, it – shows people how things are actually made and and make them more aware of like the supply chains and everything so 100% it could like open because there's not enough transparency like for example you know closing the shops you don't know how it's got to where it is today Mm. Um, and then you're sort of like disassociated with it and you just buy it because of own pleasure so be more aware of that and and yeah just learning more about it is just really important yeah yeah i think i think we yeah we definitely live in a very consumerist society um and just teaching kids about design and about sustainability and about solving problems empathy they're all just really important life skills um you know just as yeah. much as for the 20 for the 21st century right that's where you're yeah, that, those are the life skills for the 21st century yeah, yeah. but those are just as important as um you know being a decent sketcher or whatever like knowing you know the right questions to ask mm. why are things like this how can these be improved these are all valid questions yeah. um, industrial and industrial designers sort of almost like a, ga- a gateway into that industry to to help try and make a change yeah, cool. Well, from myself, I just wanted to thank you guys again for taking your time to to 
to do it it's a kind of flying the design tree flag a little bit you did a great job so thank you for that um if anyone is attending our event in london you should see it and callum and navpreet there so maybe if you wanted to ask them some questions about their day make sure they're not too intoxicated at the time but do um um do kind of uh, show an interest um um, and whilst you guys, I've got you here. Treat our event in London as like the, the industrial design Christmas do. So that's probably the best explanation I can uh, give you. Yeah, turkey <laughs> tinsel. Well, I've been working by myself at home for too long now, Win. So I've decided that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get a Christmas party unless I do something about it. So um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you all there. Um, Callum, I know you was at the new designers thing as well. So hopefully you can. Uh, recommend our design tree socials um when we do to put them together and then they're all sold out so if you're actually looking for a ticket i'm sorry you can't actually get one they, they sold out they I've sold out on ebay i might have to sell them to uh, put forward this rebrand but no um yeah so we sold like 100 and something 50 tickets inside a week so the yeah thank you for people that have um signed up i'll see you all there Maybe this episode will come out before that. Maybe it won't. We don't know. That's the exciting <laughs> bit of this. And uh, Wynn, is there anything from you to wrap it off? Or No, that's it. Yeah, just thanks, everybody, for, for getting involved at fairly short notice and um, adapting to the needs of that session. Well, thanks for listening. Um, between me and you, I don't really know when the next episode of The Hunt Truth is, um, is going to be. They're quite kind of sporadic and spontaneous at the minute. So there's a bit of a... We've got a bit of a sharper focus on the events and the meetups. We've just been really kind of pleased with the reception and this kind of like national level of interest they've been getting. So it's just something that as a business we just want to double down on, uh, I guess. There's also just better design podcasts out there if you need to if you need to fill the void. Um if you're super interested in what we spoke about on this episode, um just keep an eye out on the um the upcoming rebrands and once that's all complete and looking fresh or sick i don't know what to say uh, you should at your fingertips have some information on all the school stuff and uh how you can get involved in other words just keep an eye on the website in across november and by the time we all pack up for christmas there should be some stuff on there but uh yeah thanks for thanks for listening thanks for getting involved and Always, you can just drop me a message as well. I'm always happy to chat about this kind of stuff over a beer or a coffee or whatever. So, yeah, catch up with you soon. Cheers.